And welcome to the Inside Source, episode 25 from Abilene Christian University. My name is Hutton Harris, director of ACU TV, along with Riley Fisher, Connor Mullins, and Carrie Johnston, all students here in the JMC department. Guys, how you doing? I mean, I'm doing pretty good. I'm still trying to recover from spring break and everything that came before it, but I'm doing pretty good, actually. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I'd have to say the same. Vegas was, was wild. It was, a, it was a long week, but here we are. Yeah, me, me too. Jumped right into some work right after we got back from the trip, having a good time catching up. Thank you, Riley. Um, so today we're going to just jump into our Las Vegas experience. Um, we really had a great time. I think uh, all four of us were doing different jobs for either the athletic department or <clears throat> I was there as a fan. You guys were there for obviously the optimist. Um, so just let's go around the room and just kind of have uh have a couple couple of minutes of conversation just about exactly what you guys did and why you were there. So Riley, I'll start with you. Obviously, you were there for the Optimist shooting pictures. So how was that and, and, and what did you do specifically? Yeah, so I am the chief photographer for the Optimist. So I run the photo staff and that gives me the opportunity to do a lot of work on my own and to proofread a lot of work for other people. Uh, but I've gotten to travel with the team a couple of times. And so we, I went to Vegas to just see however far they went and cover all the games. I got a courtside pass to sit underneath the net uh, and follow the team down there. And so I covered the women's game on Wednesday night and the men's game on Wednesday afternoon. And then uh, when the men continued to win, I, I had plans to hang out in Vegas for spring break and continued pushing back my plans <laughs> because we were still there working on the games. And so I like I, that. I like that. I always, I always have a contingency plan for <laughs> spring break. So Connor, what were you doing there for the optimist? So I'm the co-sports director of The Optimist, and I cover the men's beat. Uh, Carrie covers the woman, and so we were both there covering the men's and women's teams. We've done it all season long, um, writing recaps, going to press conferences, making packages. Um, and so what we did in Vegas was we wrote recaps every single game, and then at the end of the trip, uh, I made a package, well, several packages of each game, uh, and combined all that together and put it together in a newscast, which came out today. Um so yeah, that's what we did in Vegas. We made a Vegas newscast and then wrote recaps. So Carrie, you were uh, specifically tied to the women's team. What was that experience like for you? Because they did lose so early, what was the experience like for you to kind of tag along with everybody else, but also contribute, obviously, with your talents? Yeah, um, so like you said, I've been covering the women's team all year. So again, similar to what Connor has done, but instead for the women's side. So not going to lie, it was a little heartbreaking whenever they had that their first game exit. Obviously, it was second round, but it was a first game exit for them. So in a way, it definitely lifted a big weight off of my shoulders of like not of not having to do written recaps of those games every single afternoon. But I really got the chance to really help Connor because obviously the men's went extremely far this year. So I got a chance to help Connor by videoing every single one of the games courtside. And uh, sore hips and sore knees later had a really great time doing that. But then also just randomly producing a couple other packages that we included in the newscast, including some tailgate packages where we got to interview you Phil Schubert, Zach Lasseter, and Craig Fisher. But also, while one of our my favorite things that we did the entire trip, and I think also one of Connor's favorite things we did, we produced very quickly within about the span of a minute a interview with Joe Golding whenever he was there for the what was it Seattle U game? Yeah, Seattle U game. Yeah, that would have been the semifinal game. Yeah, so just getting to partner alongside Connor and helping um, 
seeing the men's journey was really, really cool. But then also being able to watch the women's from one last game. I love Julie good enough. I love that team. So it was really fun and it was a really incredible experience that helped me really grow as a journalist. Why was it important for you to cap your year off and go to Las Vegas and be a part of this team's journey? Why did you want to go? What's What do you take out of the experience? And give me a couple of instances that you look back and be like, oh, that was really actually a lot of fun. Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed traveling with the team the past couple of years just because uh, I feel like my I've gotten to have a personal relationship with the coaches and, and some of the players as I've been around just to watch them grow in these past four years and all the like wild experiences that we've all kind of gotten to watch. Uh, but specifically for this trip, kind of being my last chance to cover them before graduation, it was a really full circle kind of emotional moment to me to watch them do something that no one thought they would be able to do again for the third time now uh, and to to get to be a part of that and to watch them celebrate that together uh, one last time as this group that they've had for the last four years was a really special moment for me. And I think it was it offered me a really good experience and looking into a potential career in photojournalism and spending a lot of time shooting five games, editing photos, quickly turning them around and getting ready for the next one in six or seven hours. That's a pretty cool experience. Um, kind of staying, we're going to keep going around the circle here. So Connor, uh, what were you expecting from, from the men in the first game against Utah Valley? And, um, and then maybe were your expectations, uh, different? I said it before we went, I really loved the Utah Valley rematch, the SFA rematch and the Seattle rematch, New Mexico state scared me. Um, and we had played Utah Valley back in December. It was our first WAC game and we beat them in Utah Valley but we hadn't played them since then. And so we were coming into that night, not really knowing what to expect, a completely different Utah Valley team who brought back one of their starters. can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he came back just for that game and burned his medical red shirt just so he could be in the WAC tournament. And heading into that game, I wasn't sure how we would come out. Uh, knowing Brett Tanner, though, I knew he was going to get these guys ready for this game and ready to play a guy like Fardaz Imac, who was the first team all WAC selection, probably going to the NBA maybe transferring, not really sure there's some rumors about, out there about that. To ACU, uh, to ACU. Yeah, to ACU. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that game was crazy. We shot lights out, and we hadn't done that all year. And then we get to the next round, and all of a sudden we catch lightning in a bottle, and we're getting to the championship game, which I thought we could do. I just didn't know if we had the firepower and the legs to do it because yeah. four games in four days is not easy. Uh, and so they came out Wednesday night with a really strong win against a 21 Utah Valley team. Yep. And it, just another great win we, on we, the season. We play in a we play in a real conference, not a not not which a is, not a bottom. Which brings up the question: <laughs> Should the WAC be a two bed league? We can talk about that. We another can. Time, we but can. I, I I just think it should be. I and think, I think it's part of the downfall. They're on of the, conference. the edge of that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I do believe that. Just after watching that tournament from, as yeah. a fan. I mean, there was not one game that I was like, this is ridiculous and boring. I mean, the only real game that I felt that was lopsided besides the championship game was our game versus SFA. I really believe that we just dominated them. Um, and so, Carrie, the men win, the women lose, okay? Um, you guys are transitioning in that that kind of that period, that time period of uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday what does the day look like for you on Thursday whenever you know that you're not, you have no duties, obviously, uh, with the women anymore? What are you guys, are, what are you guys doing? What do you, what, do you, what do you do for that, that Wednesday, Thursday combo to get ready for the SFA game? 
Yeah, so I'll kind of go back to um, to say like how everything ended up going for Wednesday and how we entered into Thursday. So Wednesday, um, it just so happened to schedule to work out that the women's game was the very first game of the day on Wednesday. And then the men's game was the very last game of the day on Wednesday. So that made for some really fun time turnarounds and sleeping schedules. Which was a theme throughout the whole week that everybody was very annoyed with. Yes, absolutely. So um, whenever the women's team lost, obviously it was really, really sad, really, really hard because I believe they could have made it to the semifinals, if not the championship. I had full faith that they were going to make it. Um, But obviously wasn't in the cards for them. So we did all of our video footage. We got went to the press conference. I did my write-up for the women's recap that afternoon and had Connor read over it and then we published it so I was like okay done with written stuff for women's and then I started working on the women's package and I finished that up Thursday morning after we had finished going through the footage that we had gotten from the Wednesday night game so I was trying to finish up the women's package as much as we could finish that I think it was Thursday afternoon published it to the Optimist website and I was like okay women's is done I can now... like the sound effect. (laughs) Yeah. I did not mean to hit the mic. Sorry, guys. I was trying to do something with my hands. But um, Women's was done in the tournament. So now I could focus solely on, okay, how can I help Connor create the best content we can for the men's team? Because unlike last year in Houston, you're not going anywhere, right? You're not going to drive back home. You know, I mean, you wouldn't drive back to San Antonio to, to go spring break or whatever, you're you're actually going to stay because it's in Las Vegas, which 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 again was, um, as a fan's perspective, it was frustrating at times because you really didn't know there was this big leap that you were taking to go all the way out there and hopefully your team would win. So the women's team, they obviously did. It was a massive it was a massive letdown when they when they lost, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But unfortunately. Uh, for them, they did leave, and then you had to stay or got to stay and help Connor. Um, so, Riley, tell me about your duties after the women had lost. Did that make it easier for you, or did you do you have some sort of deadline that you have to meet men, for men or women? Yeah, I was. You know, I obviously I was really sad to see the women lose because I wanted to see them go just as far as the men did. And I'm with Carrie. I really think they could have done it, and it just it just didn't happen. Uh, but it did make my workflow a lot easier for the rest of the week, because uh, kind of what I like to do, I take on average about 700 photos per game, just shooting everything. That no big deal. No, you know, yeah, <laughs> everything that there is to see, uh, I like to see it. Uh, and even if it takes forever to go through, it's fun to go back and watch. Uh, And so after a game, I'll go through and I pick out, depending on who we're writing about in the recap story, I'll pick out two or three of the best shots of them from the game doing something that we're writing about and put those in and then about half an hour after the game. And then I'll start going through the photos, pick out about, usually I can narrow it down to about 100 I really like, and then I narrow it down to about 60 from there and then down to about 30 from there. And those are the ones I actually use. And so the average gallery size is, you know, 30 images or so. What do you mean use? What Where, where are you using them? Where, we're, are you, where are you putting them? We're publishing that content on the Optimus website and then on our social media pages as well. And so we'll do um, gallery posts and then a couple images with the stories. Which I think, I mean, again, I, I was here from 2004 to 2008. And I can understand um, we had a fantastic photographer named Brian Schmidt that was awesome. If you go back and look at some of his pictures, I, I contest they're some of the best pictures I've ever seen in my life uh, from a student especially. But he didn't have what you're talking about, Instagram or social media, to post to. And so 
that is kind of a burden, right? But it's also kind of a privilege to be able to, so do you shoot differently because you're shooting for social media or do you shoot differently because you're shooting for gallery or, or how does that work for basketball? For basketball, it, it is, right, it is a privilege to get to put content up so quickly. Uh, and that's something that I personally take really seriously. And I like to get things done pretty quickly. Um, usually the night of, or maybe the next morning. Uh, but for basketball, I try to shoot at landscape as much as possible because it's easier to put on a website and it's easier to work with because you can turn a landscape photo into a horizontal photo if you need to, but you can't do the opposite. And by landscape, you mean horizontal, right? Okay. Because they're moving fast and it's, you never, I mean, basketball to me is really hard to shoot. So you've probably mastered it, but, um, okay. So Connor, let's go over, let's go back to the game for the men. They beat Utah Valley. Now they're going up against SFA. You just told us that you think they're going to go to the championship, which they did. This isn't really, I don't really want to break down all the games necessarily. I just want your experience. We can break down the games, but I'm just saying, give me your experience as a, as a student journalist. Obviously you're excited that we're winning, right? Uh, how does your coverage change as they continue? How does the story change as they continue to win? Well, it continues to stay the same seniors, same story every single year, the past couple of years. They get in on get on a run, and my experience that week, just sitting in the media row with a bunch of professional journalists who are covering the teams for a professional company was really unique uh, for me to just sit next to those people who are doing the same thing I'm doing that week. Um, and I was kind of nervous on Wednesday night because I was like, well, if the men lose, how are we going to get back? <laughs> like... Are we just going to get back on Thursday? But right. um, This was a theme for everybody, exactly, right? Exactly. I, I was in Abilene on Wednesday night, so I'm not even right. going to be there if they, if they lose. But right. thankfully, they won. Yes, I was like, you me that at like night. 1 a.m., yeah. I was yeah. like, they're, they're there, they won, I'm driving. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a whole other story. So how does it – so you're, you're, you're saying that it does not change your, your journalistic duties. The story doesn't really change. It's just that these guys are on a roll and – that's the beauty of March Madness. And exactly. I would I would consider that March Madness as well, just because one game, you have one off game, and your whole, really, for the seniors, your career yeah. is over. Right? Survive in advance the entire week, and so, they kept doing that. So what were you guys doing collectively, you and or specifically you and Carrie, but like what, what were all three of you guys doing um, kind of Wednesday, Thursday, um, Friday? Like what, 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 were, what did your day look like? What were you doing to prepare? Were, are you in the hotel room? Like what, take me through that. So in the morning, we didn't really do much. It was usually just posting stories to socials if needed um, or maybe editing footage if we had any and then putting our stand-ups that we would do after the games into our package and working on that. That would be in between games. And then prior to the game, I would write down some notes that I was going to look for in the game and then put those in my story after and then go to the press conference after. And so the entire day, the morning is pretty slow leading up to the game uh we got some time to go to the strip a couple times in vegas um and that was a lot of fun and so leading up to the game there wasn't a lot to do but as soon as game time it starts it's on like we're on and so thursday night that was the quarterfinal round and uh i remember watching us destroy us in the first half um and that was a ton of fun because we lost them twice early in the season and sfa had been in the stands for the night before and their coach wasn't sitting with them. And so coming into Thursday night, I had a feeling we were going to play really well and have the legs to beat them again. Cause we had done two wins in two days and Katie. So I had a feeling we could do it again. So as soon as game time starts, we destroy them and uh, we're all riding high, get my recap done, 
presser done. So, Carrie, what are you doing during that SFA game? I know you guys are sitting on the court together more than likely. Um, after the game ends, you guys know that you're going to have a whole other day to, to relax and then prepare and then go for it again. Um, you know, I know you're not playing basketball, but obviously you're tired. So what kind of experience was it for you to work five days straight, basically, from Tuesday, really even Monday, because we called you guys on Monday. The, the first part of this podcast, you know, we called you guys on the road. What was the experience like for you to work five or six days in a row, not knowing what was going to happen? And how did that change? Or maybe that aided kind of your um, your your writing or your your, your video? Yeah. Um, so no matter what for me, I, it might have been different for Connor, but like for me, no matter what, I was staying until Saturday. I had bought my ticket. Even if both men's and women's had were knocked out their first round, I was staying in Vegas till Saturday or Sunday. So that, that was that first part of that. But just working that just back to back to back, it, it's a lot of work because for me, primarily what I ended up looking like um, after the woman's knocked out. So just for men's, basically, I would record probably over 100, 200 clips of footage um, plus the press conference. And then um, what, as soon as the press conferences um, were over, we would go into like the media workroom and I would upload all this footage into the Google Drive that we have. And Wi-Fi, that is not particularly the best. I think all of us can attest that the Wi-Fi was not fun. So it made uploading extremely long and tedious and so I would typically try to upload at night typically I would get back to my hotel room with my mom and at about 1 2 in the morning and we were in the Orleans hotel yes. right mm -hmm. off the strip a couple miles off the strip yeah yeah and then what was really nice what I really really like about the Orleans is like we played in the Orleans arena it was attached to the hotel that all yeah of us you were could literally at. walk from mm -hmm. from the casino you could walk right to it yeah. that was literally um, the best move that we could make, I feel like, especially since we had all those late nights. Um, because originally, I know me and my mom were planning on staying off off the Orleans, but now I'm very glad we stayed there. But anyway, but yeah, um, we would upload. I would try to upload all the footage that night, but then mornings were also very busy for me as well because once everything got uploaded, I had to sort through everything and call through everything so that Connor can find everything easiest for whenever he was making his package. So that means breaking down all the clips from the first half, from the second half, offensive plays, defensive plays, fans, coaches, bench, cheerleaders, every single anybody thing I tried to hyper sort as much as I can to make Connor's job easy of being able to find everything whenever he ended up fully producing those packages. And then this is on top of reviewing his written stuff and then posting stuff to socials, making sure our, our media is informed. And then I completely forgot about this too. I was doing live Instagram story updates during the games. And also Connor was live tweeting throughout all the games. So we were multitasking for the win in those games. But um, but yeah, it started to get a little tedious and it did really start getting exhausting. I think it was the second or third day. I think I walked into the workroom. Connor and Riley looked at me and they said, you good? And I said, mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> but um, not a lot of sleep, but a lot of really good times. A lot of, it was an incredible experience. It was probably one of the best professional experience I've ever had while at ACU so far because I really just got to feel the burn of quick deadlines being in a remote location away from where 
you're from and being able to kind of just feel that burn of covering something that's a huge deal and in order in order to serve your audience on that you're trying to keep informed so obviously the 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 takeaway for me after you know watching you guys i did this when i was here i i got was fortunate enough to write and take pictures and video not at the level that you guys are doing it at probably but I, I, I have great memories of that at, at a lower level for sure. And I think what The Optimist does so well is it challenges you like what you're saying, Carrie, is you have to meet deadlines. You have to you have to make sure that you're organized. You have to make sure that you work as a team, but you're not in the friendly confines of Abilene. You know, you don't get to go home to your bed at night. You are staying in the Orleans. You're staying, you know, in Las Vegas. You don't really know your way around. All this stuff is sports journalism, or really any journalism. That's what it is, right? So, Riley, what's your what's your takeaway overall of this experience? And what would you say to maybe a high schooler that wants to come in and do photojournalism? And why would you encourage them to do that, to be a part of this fun experience? It really is just exhilarating to be a part of. Uh, and like I, that's why I don't mind uh, doing the, the work and staying up late and, and pushing content out quickly is because it's there's really just nothing quite like that feeling of, of witnessing something kind of really no matter what happens and then being a part of telling the story of what of what happened for people that weren't there in the same way that you were. So that's what I would say is, you know, just find a way to really jump in and, and don't be afraid to like we were talking about earlier, make some sacrifices in some other areas to, to find the time to do something that you really want to be a part of and to jump in and do that. So Connor, the men go ahead and they didn't shock me. They didn't shock you. They shocked some people and they, they went ahead and beat SFA, Utah Valley, and they went ahead and, and beat Seattle. After that, that game against Seattle, um, as again, a student journalist, were you guys on a high? Did was that was that your best experience? I mean, I know I was excited. I tried to call. I tried to call most every. Well, I don't know if I called Riley, but I think Riley Riley is probably asleep. But I I tried to call <laughs> most of you guys. You know, after the game because I it was really exciting, right? But as, again, as a journalist, you're there to cover all the excitement or the heartbreak, as we learned. You know, the, the next night. So, again, what was your best experience from that week, knowing that the Wildcats could have been one and done, but they weren't. They won three out of four. I think the best experience I had that week was learning. I had learned this prior in the season a little bit, but learning how to get recaps up within two hours of the game ending or two hours really of the press conference ending. Um, and so that was the best experience is learning deadlines and learning how to multitask. Like Harry was saying, live tweeting. I completely forgot we did that. Um, live tweeting during the games and writing notes down during the games. Uh, but again, I think the best experience I got that week was the interview with Joe Golding, because uh, we got that out pretty quick right after the Seattle game. And, and tell the people that don't know who that is right. and kind of break that down for us. Why is that important? Why was that fun? Because I watched you guys do that, um, and and he sat right in front of me. And so tell break down why that's important and why that was – you didn't plan on doing that when you woke up that morning, right? No, absolutely not. We didn't even know he was going to be there. I don't think anybody did. Uh, but he's the former head coach of the Wildcats, uh, the coach that beat UT last year in the tournament, showed up to Vegas on Thursday night for the semifinal matchup of the WAC tournament because he had been at ACU for, I think, a decade or something like that and then went to Utah before the season. And he was an alum and he, was he an played alum, basketball stuff, here right. in the 90s. Yeah. Right. And his team lost to Middle Tennessee the night before in Frisco. And I had heard a couple of people say throughout the day, like, oh, there's a potential that Joe could be here tonight and tomorrow night for the championship game if we make it that far. Uh, and so we get to game time, and I look across the court, 
uh, from the media room where I was sitting across the court, and there's a student in a yellow shirt, <laughs> and it's Joe Golding. And Carrie texted me, or she called me, but I didn't answer because I think my phone was on Do Not Disturb because it was about to be game time. Uh, and she texted me and goes, guess who's here, or something like that. And then Joe Golding was there. And so at halftime, I was, like, running around trying to get a tripod and the mic and all that stuff and uh, tr- so we could interview Joe because we weren't going to be able to do it after the game. There was no no way we could do that. Um, and so Joe goes to sit down with Grant Boone, uh, the radio guy for ACU, for about 15, 20 minutes. And it's almost it's really the end of halftime. And I'm like, hey, Joe, can we talk to you for, like, a minute? And I told him who I was and who I was with. And uh, he recognized me, I think. Um, and then I interviewed him, just asked him his thoughts on the game so far, thoughts on UTEP season, and then uh, what he's looking for in the second half as a fan, because uh, he doesn't get to do that a lot. And so it was like 45 seconds, the entire interview. Uh, and Kerry filmed it, um, put some lower thirds on it at the end of the game, and got it up. And I think at the end, I, think, I don't know how many it has now, but I think by the end of that weekend, it had like 2,000 impressions on Twitter and Instagram combined. Um, and so that was really fun to put something out there and not really expect it to get a lot of traction just because of how kind of small the optimist is, but to see something like that blow up was a lot of fun. And to see uh, our work get recognized by several people on social media was a lot of fun. And so seeing the interactions we got from others and even ACU admissions who posted a picture of us (laughs) on Instagram, uh, that was just cool to see all the support we were getting that week. Even though we were tired, we we definitely felt supported. Um, I'm proud of all of you guys for, going to Las Vegas. I know that's not easy. You know, you had to make plans and, and that's an adult thing to do and figure it all, you know, the money and all that, all that stuff. Right. And so I would just encourage you guys to continue to do that. Even when you graduate, you know, that if it seems hard, it's probably worth it. And again, I want to give a shout out to the optimists here. They're, they, they give fantastic opportunities. And I would just hope that people in the future would continue to follow y'all's lead and continue to, to keep doing this over and over again. So Thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate it. Episode 25 of the Inside Source. Check us out on Spotify. Thank you, Riley. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Carrie. It was a good season. Yeah, it was. It sure was. Definitely was. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats.